Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard. I am so happy that you have joined us on this journey. Remember, it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. And we have a fun show lined up for you on episode four on this uh, Wednesday, June 19th. Riley Cote, former NHLer, is going to join us. He is now a a cannabis advocate. Uh, He has uh, a few different programs, Athletes for Care, Body Check Wellness. And uh, he was a guy that discovered cannabis uh, early uh, in his uh, life, I guess, and then used it during his uh, hockey career in the National Hockey League. So looking forward to chatting with him. I've chatted him with him before on my uh, former radio show, Sports Night. Of course, What's That Strain is on tap. We're going with Riff today, Sunday Special and Subway Scientist, and our educator Chris Ionson will drop by a little bit later for that. This week in Cannabis News with David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com, we're going to discuss how Alberta is the Cannabis Kings. We'll talk edibles, drinks, and much more. Our cannabis character this week, Carl Spackler from Caddyshack, of course, played by the wonderful Bill Murray. Uh, I, you know, I do something on uh, sports and more called Great John Candy Characters. It's another podcast you might be interested in, sports and more. But we do Great John Candy Characters. And uh, recently there's been a lot of Bill Murray, John Candy crossover. So I'm excited to discuss Bill Murray. In Tools of the Trade, it's DIY Devices. You ever uh, not had something to uh, use your cannabis with and you had to Google it or make it up? We actually did one before, man, before I remember getting on the internet. uh, A friend of ours showed it to us in Calgary, so I'll explain what that is. But uh, if you have any DIY devices, love to hear them. And our weed word of the day is amounts. We're going to be talking about amounts and sizes. At any point, you can get in touch with us. A number of different ways. You can follow us on Twitter at the Cannabis 101. On Instagram, it's the Cannabis 101 Podcast. On our Facebook page, it's the Cannabis 101 Podcast. And you can email us cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com. You can also get me at Duck Millard on Twitter and our website, the Cannabis 101 Podcast.ca. This is what we're doing with Twitter, though. We're going to reward our 420th follower with a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. So you will want to get over there and follow us if you don't and uh, spread the word to your friends and somebody could get a, uh, be getting a Cannabis 101 podcast prize package. Do you mind if I do it, Jay? Okay, let's continue the show now with our uh, cannabis question. That's how we'll start every show from now on. And today's question is, how do you consume? Uh, what are the best ways that you find to consume your cannabis. Uh, Pope's Nose on Twitter says, uh, Herb 1, Vape 2. Um, oh, no, sorry. For Herb, he says Vape. For, for smoking, he uses a bong or a joint and then a pipe. Uh, he says, Hash the good ice water extracted kind. And edibles are awesome. And uh, McOilers says, A dugout, which is basically like the, the one-hitters uh, that you see. 
I don't mind those. They're, they're pretty convenient. I have a friend that uses it religiously. Um, for me, I'm one, if I'm at home, I'm going with the bong. I use, I have, uh, the, the hexagon bong from burnt or I have the silver surfer desktop vaporizer, which is a whip kind of a vaporizer with a, a, a wand that you pull from when I'm out, I'll go with, um, a pipe. I can carry a pipe. I've got the wolf grinder. It's a six piece that has a pipe and grinds for you. Or of course the joint, I had a fire the other day out at uh, a park and took the old cone joint and it was really relaxing. So how do you consume is our cannabis questions. Uh, feel free to uh, chime in on any of our social media feeds or email and let us know and we'll get to your responses on a later show. Okay, what goes well with is a segment where we talk about anything that pairs well with cannabis. Um, you know, I've talked about listening to Beck. I've talked about uh, um, camping, we've talked hiking. Uh, today I'm going with something that you could just, you know, do at home. I, I, I love uh, video games, but I don't play them very often. I have three video games that I play. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, classic game. And RBI, or, um, RBI, Major League Baseball Road to the Show. I have a Metal Gear game that I don't play very often, but those are the three games that I own for my PlayStation. I love playing Red Dead Redemption 2 and uh, having some nice, relaxing indica cannabis uh, late at night. Uh, I'm a big Western fan, so I'll put a Western on the other TV that I have in my office, throw the game on, consume some cannabis. Beautiful. So that's my What Goes Well With. It is uh, playing the video game Red Dead Redemption 2, but there's so many things you can do. Uh, I just like listening to music, movies, books. We'll get into so much more uh, down the road. So that's what goes well with, and it's anything that pairs well with cannabis. This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Very pleased to welcome Riley Cote to the program, former National Hockey League member. Uh, you could follow him on Twitter at, at Riley Coyote. That's R-I-L-E-E Coyote. And, uh, Riley, thanks so much for being a part of the program. How and when did you discover cannabis is something more than just uh, a plant that gets somebody high? When did you discover and how did you discover the many benefits that you're now promoting? Sure. I think there was a, a little bit of a learning curve, you know, with my, with my, with my cannabis use and really identifying how it was helping me. Um, you know, the first time I ever consumed cannabis, I was 15, and obviously in a very recreational setting really not understanding anything about, um, you know, what I was really doing or consuming. Um, but I actually had a, actually a pretty terrible experience my first time. <laughs> Clearly overconsumed and you know induced anxiety and you know the psychosis people talk about. So I actually turned off from it from it for probably about uh, another half of a year, and I actually moved away to Western Hockey League, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, and um, you know I got re reintroduced to it again in, in a little bit different environment. Where you know I think right right away in that moment I I, I identified that it. It was doing something to me I didn't really know, um, but it, you know it calmed me and um, just uh, you know it, it made me feel good. So you know, fast forward till um, I turned pro at the age of 20, I was never drafted. I decided to take on another role uh, within the hockey game. And started you know fighting the you know the biggest guy and the guy with the most penalty minutes. So you know naturally induced a, an, an interesting state of anxiety 
it was like almost a chronic state of anxiety that I, I really never felt before. But when I, when I when I started, you know, you know, pairing that with cannabis, going into games and 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 preparing for the weekend, um, that's when I really started identifying how it really was calming my nervous system to the point where it was helping me, you know, relax and sleep the night before games and you know actually get a good night's rest. So. Um, I think that was the moment that I identified was really something more than what I've been told. Um, you know, the, the therapeutic value was very, very obvious to me. So it, it was, it was a tool of mine throughout my whole pro hockey career. Um, you know, up until, you know, I, I retired in the age of 28, 2010. And, um, you know, I mean, my physical body was breaking down. I had some, you know, collateral damage from fighting, you know, concussion wise. And, um, I, I, I was at a crossroads in my life and that's when I started to change a lot of, uh, of my, my daily behaviors, uh, you know, eliminating some of the toxic, um, behaviors I was engaged in, you know, drinking and, and overeating, you know, I was so consumed with eating calories and their empty calories. And, uh, uh, I transitioned from more of an animal-based protein diet to plant-based protein. And I started, uh, you know, understanding the nutritional profile of the hemp season. And that's when it really sparked my interest, this whole other world of cannabis into the nutritional world of, uh, you know, omega-3 fatty acids and digestible protein source. So I grabbed the book. It was called uh, Hemp for Health. Um, and that was the book that changed my life. And it was, uh, it just opened th- th- this whole other world of, uh, of healing, right? Uh, these non-psychoactive cannabinoids to kind of put in perspective of the, the science behind THC and just this whole other world of industrial application from building materials to biofuels to, you know, the food, the food and, uh, and medicine. So, um, naturally, naturally, very, very um, passionate about it from from that moment on. I'd already been a, a believer in it, but didn't understand it. And then that was, uh, no, that was it. You know, for me, it was it was on from there, and it's uh, it's been an amazing ride. We had a, a guest, uh, JD Netter from uh, Yellowhead Hemp Co. here in uh, in Alberta on recently, and. Uh, you know, hemp is a hero. It, it is ridiculously amazing how good this plant is, and we should have hemp farms uh, spread out all around the world for the uh, for the amount of uh, uh, help it does uh, to the environment. So I, I'm, I'm glad you're on board with that and spreading the word, and I think it's uh, wonderful. I wonder though, as a player, did you did you conceal your use, and and or or was it looked upon as something? Um, that people used to, you know, like the reefer madness uh, mentality of, of cannabis use. Uh, what was what was the perception of uh, you using cannabis, or or did you conceal it? I mean, I guess you could say I concealed it to some degree. Uh, there's always a group of guys on every team that I, I, you know, I felt I could trust, and they were a little bit more liberal with, uh, you know, their their cannabis use within the locker room. But uh, I mean, not physically in the locker room, but talking about it in the locker room. Um, but then there's another group of guys that are more conservative, and you know, you know, you know when you're younger, it, it seems to be always the older guy, right? I'll keep it away from you know, so and so because you know we don't want him going to the coach, or, you know what I mean? So there was a, there was a fine line, and certainly we weren't promoting this, we weren't we weren't talking about it, uh, you know, as a healing tool to to help change public perception. So um, again, it was I guess you could say it was pretty concealed, but there, there was always a, a really strong handful of guys, two handfuls of guys on each team that I played on that were, you know, outside of the rank that were pretty, pretty liberal, uh, you know, with the cannabis use. So 
Well, here here in Canada now, of course, uh, we are uh, legal, and and I think that is that and and information uh, about you know what we're talking about and what we will be talking about is how you change that public perception and that stigma uh, that uh, cannabis isn't something that you should have to hide away in a brown bag and uh, go in back alleys. Uh, you you there's there's lots of non THC psychoactive uses uh, for cannabis that that we can discuss, and and I guess that leads us to. Athletes for Care and, and Body Check Wellness, uh, two things that you're co-founder of uh, that that uh, I, I'd love to learn more and, and our listeners, I think, would love to learn more. So tell us a little bit about Athletes for Care and Body Check Wellness. Sure. Um, Athletes for Care is a 501c3 nonprofit, and it started out as you know, a group of um, you know former athletes um, that were speaking publicly about cannabis and advocating for, you know, you know cannabis use and and virtually any setting, it doesn't discriminate. It's it's a, it's a tool for for everyone. Um, and then as we started meeting up at these different conferences, we just realized we're we're onto something. It's a, you know, we're in the business of helping people, and you know, our fellow brethren in the sports world. And you see a lot of these guys transition out of the game with uh, you know a physical injury, um, you know, and uh, usually a dependency on whether it's an opioid, a sleeping pill, or alcohol, or a combination of all of these. So you see guys transition out of the sport um, into the real world with injury, um, you know, self-medicating with the wrong tools, and then there's an identity crisis. We see a lot of mental health issues um, in the sports world, believe it or not. So um, naturally, we, we, we recognized together that there, there was a tool that was you know, basically being kept from us, that could help alleviate a lot of this uh, this darkness that we see in pro sports, even leading up to it, you know, substance abuse of alcohol and, and, and pharmaceutical drugs. So um, it started off with it basically being a you know um, a resource to introduce guys to alternatives, and um, it's expanded um, you know to, to basically helping guys find identity and finding you know a, a purpose after hockey and and healing people and. And really helping, you know, push the public message, uh, you know, through sport um, to to help, you know, increase quality of life for all. So engaging in research initiatives has been around for two years now. So it's it's pretty powerful. Some of the guys have been able, been able to help, and um, again, you know, trying to change, you know, policy, drug policy through sports, and you know, constantly talking with the alumni associations and the players associations because we've identified that there's a, clearly a better way to manage your player's health and, you know, prevention of injury and, um, you know, concussion, you know, the, the neuroprotective properties of these cannabinoids is, is very real as U.S. patent on these. Israel's been doing you know, studies on this for 25 years plus. Um, so it just did not make sense. There's a, there's a sports platform to normalize cannabinoids and introduce this as, as a positive healing tool for not just selfishly athletes, but, but for all. And eventually the, that nonprofit effort evolved into a for-profit business and a, I've been using CBD oil since 2013. Um, I really got into it uh, to try and reverse the, the damage I'd caused from fighting. You know, as an anti-aging, as a neuroprotectant, neurogenesis uh, tool. Um, so um, it's been unbelievable for me. I still take it to this day, um, as well as you know, you know, some dry flower THC. But um, I started a hemp-derived CBD company. Now it's based. Uh, well, the office is based in Westchester, PA, but everything is grown in Boulder, Colorado, processed in Colorado, um, and high-quality organic hemp products. So, you know, from tinctures, capsules, topicals, um, we're getting a few different delivery methods. But, um, you know, again, just, just trying to provide um, a sustainable tool for, 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 for the common man. This, this, thing, this is for whether you're an athlete, the common man, everyone has to recover. It's managing inflammation, managing pain, 
Um, you know, managing anxiety, stresses, improving sleep quality, and then protecting the brain. So it seems like a, a perfect fit for, for all, including, you know, contact sport athletes. So that's body check wellness in a nutshell. That is, uh, it's spectacular. And you're right. There are so many uses uh, for the plant uh, in whatever form you, you want to. And um, I, I love to see it. And you and I talked when I was on the radio about this, about, you know, mainstream sports uh, getting into this. And, and, you know, maybe you, you get, um, a, you know, a CBD capsule or some form of that instead of an opioid, whether you're recovering from injury or, or just dealing with stuff. Do you think, which of the big four sports leagues do you think will embrace cannabis in a major way first? Or do you think it will happen? No, it's, it's happening. I, I, I would love to believe it's hockey. They're so close, you know what I mean? With the NHL Alumni Association partnering with Canopy, from what I understand, you know, from some back-end conversations I've been hearing, um, there's been, you know, two or three of the major LPs in Canada, you know, not just knocking on uh, some of these teams' doors, but you know, almost trying to, you know, kick it down. Uh, it's a matter of time before you see cannabis uh, companies sponsoring on, on, a, on a high level and almost pushing pushing away the alcohol companies or pushing them out of the front you know the front seat. Um, it's happening. It's happening. I mean, tobacco, alcohol, pharma—they're all getting into the cannabis space for for good reason. I mean, um, because they're going to lose a lot of money if they don't. <laughs> um, so it's it's disruptive, but it's uh, you know the age of information that you know, everyone's catching on. You know, I think the hemp play has really helped people understand the cannabis plant on a different level you know that there, there is a cannabis product for everyone whether you, you agree with THC or not you know um so it, it, it's happening i'd like to think in this next year you're going to see um one of these major sports leagues i like to think hockey first you know how you know you know signing on some sponsors uh their cannabis companies for sure do you think the the perception uh, in the sports world and, and you know I'll ask you specifically about hockey because that's your background but if you've you're hearing from other sports and other athletes as well is the perception changing where cannabis is being looked at as to a positive by the players and the owners well I think so absolutely from the from the players standpoint um, you know the younger generation you know they all have smartphones and they you know Google is your mother and you know I mean you can figure out anything I think it's, it's really and I say this in a respectful way it's the old heads that are getting in the way they're the ones that can't get over their own ego and change their opinion on something and, and see something for what it actually is and not what, 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 what they've actually been told and actually, you know, reading a book about it or, or two. So I think the younger generation is really well-versed. I mean, again, if you're not a traditional cannabis user, you, at this stage of the game, if you're not using CBD products, you, you're not recovering at an optimal level because, you know, I think the cat's out of the bag. I mean, from, from what I understand, almost all elite athletes now are using some form of... Uh, <laughs> Our CBD products, you know, whether it's a simple topical transdermal patch or a tincture or even getting into the vapes, you know, it's a calming agent, you know, it's about recovering. It's all about calming the nervous system, promoting rest, relaxation, sleep, and then trying to get up in the morning and do it all over again, you know. Whether you're a high level athlete or you're a nine to fiver, the rules apply for everyone, you know, you have to you have to manage these things in a sustainable fashion, otherwise you chase the dragon with stimulants. And whether it's food stimulants, caffeine, alcohol you know pharmaceuticals and other you know illegal street drugs that you know that you're chasing something and it's you're chasing an energy that's missed when you're, when you're not rested so um yeah i think there's a lot of work to be done with some of these older guys that are in positions of power you know especially from an nhl standpoint um i think as owners i think these guys are probably more well versed than people that are you know positions of 
of, of decision making um, for the league itself, because I think there's an element of liability or you know protecting the shield or or whatever it is there. But um, you know, I think owners, if you're an owner of a team, um, I would look at cannabis as an absolute for my players, and you put you'd obviously push it and structure the messaging in in, 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 in the proper way. But listen, like this is about this is about recovery. This is about prevention of disease, uh, of, of injury. And, um, you know, you can put the best team together on paper, but if you guys, if you got guys that are missing games for soft tissue injuries or things that you could have prevented because guys maybe were consuming cannabis and resting properly versus going out and get drunk and going to bed too, being dehydrated and getting a soft tissue injury the next day, um, whatever the case may be, protecting the brain, um, you know, maybe a six-week concussion could be minimized to a two-weeker or, or a, maybe a day-to-dayer. And that's the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs and winning a championship, not winning championships when you're missing man games, especially from your high end guys. So I would say from a, you know, an owner's perspective, this is, the, this is like, this is it. I mean, this is, this is what you want your players taking opposed to self-medicating with alcohol and self-medicating with an opioid or a sleeping pill and muscle relaxer. And that's the culture we live in. That's not just in sports. That's the bubble I come from, but it mimics society. And we have an opioid crisis on our hand. We have a, you know, an anxiety and depression crisis on our hands. There's an obesity crisis. We're sick, and we've been fundamentally misled. And cannabis, hemp, everything in between that in that, in that plant is, is a result of uh, of that being outlawed. There's, there's an imbalance. There's an imbalance in public health. There's an imbalance in environmental health. Industrial revolution essentially pushed out natural resources. Hemp being the most obvious one. You know, from building materials, like I said, the textiles. The, just anything you can do, you see around with plastics, and uh, you know the food industry is um, is poisoned. You know, and we you know we talk about addiction and, and substance abuse. We don't talk about sugar, refined sugar, not fruit sugar. You know, I mean to me that's the definition of a Schedule One drug. So we got we got this thing ass backwards. You know, we've, we're smoking mirrors. You know, it, it, they make it seem like it's about public health and looking out for the better good of people. But look at the stuff that's legal. You know what I mean? And we are sick. You know, I mean, we are addicted, and you know, and I think the cannabis plant has the ability to bring at least bring some balance back into it. Um, you know, but as it stands right now, I mean, we've hit the bullseye on the wrong target, in my opinion. Yeah, I I strongly recommend uh, just Google if anybody doesn't know Google what hempcrete is and the amazing benefits of uh, building a, a house out of hempcrete uh, could be. Uh, he's Riley Cote. You can follow him on Twitter at Riley Coyote. That's R I L E E Coyote. 156 games with the Philadelphia Flyers and now uh, involved with Athletes for Care and Body Check Wellness. You can find out more of that on his Twitter handle at Riley Coyote. Uh, Riley, thank you so much. Uh, I, uh, the information was awesome, and I, I hope uh, more people and former athletes and current athletes uh, think the way you do, and we spread this message even more. And I hope we can uh, chat again down the road. Absolutely. appreciate you having me. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Talking the big stories in cannabis with uh, David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com. This is This Week in Cannabis News. And David, in your Wednesday uh, newsletter that went out uh, through email, um, there's the great story that Alberta loves its cannabis. And I'm a proud Albertan. Hi, Dean. You know, I thought that you'd like that story. And here in BC, we know Alberta generally for its red license plates, as we see them coming through the province during the summertime. And legalization has brought 
some surprises when it comes to statistics. I, I remember when when we got these first stats, it showed that Nova Scotians were actually the the province who consumed the greatest amount of cannabis. And now we're seeing that Alberta is surpassing that. Uh, Alberta also the, the the country's leader in the number of cannabis stores that are open, hovering around 130 right now. If you compare that to a province like British Columbia that had once held that title of being the pot king of Canada, and British Columbia currently only has about 30 stores open, Ontario even less than that. So it, it's an amazing move by Alberta right now, just really embracing the cannabis movement, embracing the private stores. And uh, I think the Canadians should be jealous of what's happening in the province. You know, when I first moved to Alberta in 2000 and I was living in uh, Red Deer, uh, the, the things that people said is that uh, every corner there will be a liquor store and a church. Those are the two big things about Alberta. And now I think you can almost add uh, a cannabis shop uh, to that list. Not to the degree of liquor stores, but uh, when you look at the rest of the country, you're absolutely right. And, and two, thring, two things strike me odd about what you were just talking about. Historically, uh, you know, the best bud comes from BC and yet there's so few stores and Ontario has the most population and so few stores and it took so long. So those two things, they, they just don't see, I, I, I wouldn't have predicted them uh, back before October 17th. And we talk about legalization of cannabis. One of the big goals that the federal government has put forward is that they, they're looking at stamping out the black market, looking at limiting the reach of organized crime. And I'm sorry, but if you're not making cannabis legal to people who want to buy it through legal channels, where are they going to get it? There's a pretty simple answer to that, to that rhetorical question. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, you know, the online market has been there, but uh, it's not just the same as being able to access it and walk in to a store. So hopefully that changes as time goes on. And uh, there are more stores, and I'm, you know, lucky to be uh, in Alberta where we do have a ton, a ton of stores. And do you think there's any correlation between the amount of stores and the amount of uh, smokers? Like, I think that's just uh, logically that the more stores you have, the more uh, consumers you're going to have. I, I, I think so. I know that there's definitely a correlation between the number of stores open and the number of people who are buying cannabis from legal sources. One of the big reasons for that, people aren't comfortable taking out their credit cards and their debit cards and buying cannabis. People want, still want to use cash. And part of that is, is, is that there is that bit of, big, bit of stigma happening. There's a bit of fear of what's going to happen to that credit card information. And people just want the privacy that cash allows. And that's something that we need to, to, to grant people. You can find uh, more about this story at uh, okanaganz.com and uh, sign up uh, for the uh, three times a week newsletter that goes out via email. We are speaking with David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com. And another story is that WeedMD is changing its name and branding to Color Cannabis. WeedMD has really become a popular brand in Ontario, and that's where this licensed producer is based. They've started to get their product in other stores, and initially I thought it was maybe a, a bit of a dumb move to rebrand right when you're starting to get some real traction. But I see that the color cannabis is, is catching on and people love the, the packaging is colorful. 
this is really interesting to me because the packaging laws and restrictions are so tight and so regulated that in order to stand out, it's the little things. And I just got the couple of color cannabis strains in the mail that are available. I got Ghost Train Haze and Mango Haze. The Ghost Train is is a bright green. The Mango Haze is bright purple. And it's it's really interesting packaging. You've seen other brands try to stand out as well. House Plants, Sativa is a great example, which is uh, through Tweed and Seth Rogen's company. And they have this uh, humongous box that people have said it looks more like it should contain a uh, a set of Beats headsets rather than uh, 3.5 grams of cannabis. So you're starting to see that these companies are trying to distinguish themselves through their packaging and color cannabis. If I if I had one beef, you know, I, I'm Canadian at heart and I love when color is spelled with a U. Unfortunately, they spelled color C O L O R breaks my heart a little bit. Yes, and they've definitely taken uh, some flack online for that. So uh, I, I just want to shed a tear right now for our, our, our national you that's been left out. <laughs> uh, that is uh, <laughs> that is really too bad, uh, especially if you spell it like we spell it. Uh, anyway, so that leads us into <laughs> an interesting situation that's, um, you know, and you talk about the colorful packaging. When we talk about edibles that will come in season two of uh, cannabis legalization, that's the exact opposite of where that trend seems to be going. Um, the fact that the fact that uh, uh, the the restrictions they're they're laughable when you compare them to alcohol, and and so is the a lot of things with the advertising and such. But it's interesting when they change to color cannabis, and there's such strict regulations on exactly that uh, the 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 the, yep. the regulations they're very vague, but they are there, and that's one of them that that seems to be going against what uh, color cannabis is doing. Mm-hmm. And you go on to the BC government liquor store and they're selling Bailey's strawberries and cream. And it's beautiful packaging. It's nice and pink and very alluring. Something that my, uh, my nine-year-old daughter, I'm sure would love to sip on because it sure looks tasty. And we talked a little bit about this last week where one of the, one of the areas that the government is really going wrong is making us feel like we're carrying something just dirty. When we leave a cannabis store, just want to slip that into a brown paper bag and go smoke it out of sight and out of mind. It's, it's just not going to work. People want cannabis normalized. Great. We've legalized it. It's available. It's become a tax base. This is a part of the fabric of our society and let's treat it as such. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think that, you know, to get rid of the stigma, you know, you have to treat it like a product that uh, should be available just like anything else. Not the, you know, I I understand the restrictions on you don't want to get it in the hands of children. I totally agree with that. Uh, But you don't want alcohol to get in the hands of children either. And you can walk down a storefront and see a case of beer in the the, uh, window. So it, it is ridiculously hypocritical. I hope it... Uh, relaxes over time and and gets to the proper level where we can market this product for what it is. Uh, And there's so many great benefits to it. So hopefully that changes, but the hypocrisy in everything, when you look at, uh, you're you're treating uh, cannabis like tobacco instead of alcohol, in my opinion. 
Mm-hmm. It, it, it really shouldn't be a dirty little secret. And I don't think that we need to treat Canadian adults like children. Absolutely agree with, with laws and regulations that will do their best to keep it out of hands. People who are 19 and younger, let's have a little bit of trust that Canadians are smart enough to talk to their kids about this and that the right kinds of packaging, not draconian restrictions, are going to, to help in that end goal. Right. And finally, we wrap with the story of Molson Coors, a very big name in the beer industry, joining with Hexocorp, which is uh, becoming a pretty big name in the cannabis industry. And they're going to have, uh, they say, a cannabis drink on shelves as soon as it's legal. Uh, what, do, what do you think about the uh, Molson Coors joining into the cannabis game? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they bring to the table. I'm I'm more interested in seeing what some of the smaller companies do. But of course, with these bigger companies, there's an opportunity for them to, to lead by example. We've seen that with Tweed. They've, uh, they've done quite a bit in making sure that, uh, that some of these boundaries are pushed that we were talking about today. I'm very, very interested in what they're going to be calling these drinks. And <laughs> cannabis-infused yeast extract Names like that are being thrown around tongue-in-cheek, of course. And an- another challenge, we were talking about some of the packaging, and the head of, uh, the head of this company has compared, uh, compared the packaging to, to making these drinks look a lot like toilet bowl cleanser, uh, which I think is hilarious. It actually really does. <laughs> it looks like some kind of a cleaning agent. And again, the goal here seems to be to make sure that the right people are picking it up. But it's so limiting to businesses that uh, that really have invested a lot of money in developing these products and don't even have a clue as to what to name them. The other side of that is that Health Canada won't approve anything beforehand. So you could come out with a name, uh, bring it to Health Canada. Health Canada will, won't give you approval for that. You only find out after it goes to market, whether or not it's okay. And that just seems silly to me. Well, that's just wasting marketing money that you have put into uh, what you're doing. And and the other thing, and this goes back to some of the regulations uh, that we look at, uh, uh, the the amount is going to be so small that it's going to be akin to the little, uh, the bottles you get on the airplane or in the minibar in your hotel. Um, so that's also something that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think a bit of a stumbling block for people wanting to get this into the right hands of people. Imagine having to buy a single serving, a single shot bottle or 30 single shot bottles. It's, it's ridiculously wasteful. David Wiley is with OkanaganZ.com. Check out the website and sign up for their three times a week email newsletter. David, as always, thanks very much for joining us and I look forward to chatting next week. Always great talking to you. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. (laughs) It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. (laughs) And beyond. Be careful with that, man. Uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> Today we are talking a uh, wonderful cannabis character from a movie that 
wasn't the main star, but comes from a big name actor. I invented my own kind of grass, too. Did you know that? Look at this. This is registered. Carl Spackler Bench. Of course, that's Bill Murray as Carl Spackler, the assistant uh, greenskeeper at Bushwood uh, in Caddyshack. And this is uh, an all-time favorite for a lot of people, golfers and non-golfers. Chevy Chase, of course. And the interesting thing about Bill Murray's whole character is he, he's not a big character in the movie. He's kind of a side character, but he was doing Saturday Night Live. All of his lines were pretty much uh, unscripted, improvised, especially that famous Cinderella speech that he gives about uh, former greenskeeper, now at Augusta. All of that was uh, improvised. So pretty cool to uh, see Bill Murray improvise such a funny character. And he was only supposed to be a really small part in this movie, and they kept calling him back to do more and more. So it's another Harold Ramis, uh, Bill Murray connection. Uh, Ghostbusters, uh, Stripes, uh, all of them come together. Uh, partnerships form. So uh, Ka- uh, Carl Spackler in Caddyshack, played by Bill Murray, is an assistant greenskeeper and has a pretty famous scene with Chevy Chase, who plays Ty Webb, where uh, Chevy Chase is playing golf at night and his ball ends up in Carl Spackler's really, really poor living conditions. And Spackler talks about uh, grass. This is a hybrid. This is a cross, uh, a bluegrass, Kentucky bluegrass uh, featherbed bench and uh, Northern California Sensamia. The amazing stuff about this is that you can play 36 holes on it in the afternoon, take it home and just get stoned to the bejesus belt that night on this stuff. I got pounds of this. He convinces Ty Webb to uh, take a hit off of this uh, giant uh, joint that he has rolled, and then this is one of my favorite scenes where the cannonball comes out, and uh, you know Ty really wants to get out of there, but he's in enjoying himself. Sure, let's have a little bit of this. I get a big Bob Marley joint. Look at this. Here, try this. Carl, I uh, I really don't do this very often. You're gonna love this. Is dynamite hack. Watch out for this. Well, maybe one drag. I gotta go. <coughs> it's a little harsh, <coughs> but here, cannonball it. <coughs> so that is Bill Murray as Carl Spackler, a assistant assistant greenskeeping stoner from the movie Caddyshack in this week's Cannabis Characters. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. Today we've got a couple of, uh, I'd say, well, certainly one special strain that we're doing on What's That Strain, Chris Ionson from Nova Cannabis on White Avenue, joining me in the marsh here in St. Albert. Thanks, as always, for uh, making the trek out to St. Albert, Chris. Thanks for having me today, Dean. We are looking at a couple of strains today, one Sunday special and one Subway Scientist, so a lot of S alliteration. I love alliteration in my broadcasting career. I always tried to go, anytime there was any alliteration I could use, I went with it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about uh, some interesting uh, strains today with some pretty interesting history. And let's start with a Sunday special, which is a sativa. And uh, the LP is Riff and Afria. So uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Riff, uh, Afria, and uh, what else is under their umbrella. Yeah, for sure. So um, Riff is a brand under the Afria umbrella. Um, Afria is from the East Coast. Um, they have uh, Soleil. Uh, they have 
broken coast and they have good supply and they're kind of a, a wide array of they cover a lot of ground uh, the broken coast is triple a top quality uh cannabis uh, soleil's uh a bit more of a CBD uh, strain is more uh, more of a chill kind of a brand, and then the good supplies they're kind of a economical line where it's just it doesn't cost too much, but it's good quality cannabis. That's always good to hear. And uh, there is some really interesting history when you look at Sunday Special and uh, you know kind of where it was developed and how it was developed. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Sunday Special is actually uh, a Jack Herrera strain, um, which was invented in uh, Holland in the 1990s. Uh, the lineage of it is uh, it's a haze crossed with uh, Northern Lights Number no. 5, crossed with a Shiva Skunk. And uh, the name itself, uh, Jack Herrera, he's uh, an American author. He's They call him the Emperor of Hemp. Uh, That's a pretty cool title to have. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, he's uh, a big-time cannabis rights act- activist, and uh, he's been all about ending prohibition for, for years. And uh, what an honor it is to have a, a strain of cannabis named after you. Yeah, and one that we're going to be able to, uh, I'm going to be able to uh, sample today. That is such a cool story. And that's what I love about this segment in particular is we dive in a little bit deeper to what that strain is and, and where it come from. And, and, uh, like you said, it's a, it's an honor to be able to, uh, consume Jack Herrera strain today. Uh, the THC CBD content with Sunday special. Yeah. So, uh, with this batch that we have, uh, with us today, it's a uh, 17.14% THC and less than 1% on the CBD. Uh, so we'll call that a, a mid to high range THC. All right. Sometimes there's really cool stories behind the names, the MK Ultra, a uh, name for a, a CIA project. Uh, Sunday Special, tell me a little bit about why, uh, where Sunday Special comes from, do you think? Uh, so uh, to me, I, I think that Sunday Special, it, it comes from, it, it's a perfect strain for starting off your Sunday morning, uh, getting it done right. Uh, uh, it's a, a kind of a weekender Um and I think too, with with the names, uh, Riff kind of has touched with uh, an artist collaboration uh, where some of the names uh, you know don't necessarily reflect what the strain is going to be. It's just kind of a fun, mm-hmm. a fun name uh, more so. Good brunch strain. Yeah, right before brunch. Um, when I look at this uh, packaging, uh, when I picked it up. Um, it's a little bit different. This is the one gram sample, so it's a little bit different than some of the ones we've had in the past. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, so it comes in a bag, uh, sealed black. Um, it's got a childproof kind of a, a tab on it there to kind of keep the kids out. Uh, uh, easy to open. Uh, I've had kind of easy, uh, I've had issues opening some of the bags too, but they can stick. Uh, but I, I like this the idea that it's a, in a small package. Um, and it can be recycled. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good because if there have been complaints about things, it's that uh, some of the packaging has been excessive on some stuff. And and this is uh, this is the smallest packaging that I've seen so far. So that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, the cases that we get, I mean, you, you can get like ninety six of those in a, a pretty small bag. So. Uh, yeah, it's 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 nice for sure. Okay, let's talk about the terpenes with Sunday Special. Yeah, definitely. So the three main terpenes are uh, myrcene, caryophyllene, and guayol. And so with the myrcene, you're going to get uh, that kind of f- flavor of cloves. Uh, it also kind of provides that couch lock effect, uh, um, which is interesting seeing it on the sativa side of things, but uh, it is it is common to have myrcene on, on sativas. Uh, caryophyllene is the black pepper flavor, and guayol is uh, kind of a, a piney mix, uh, piney slash floral. 
Okay, looking forward to uh, tasting that out. Uh, what will the desired effect, or, or what has been the desired effect uh, when, when you've uh, consumed this? We should mention that uh, everybody's a little bit different, and people are going to react differently to different strains. But uh, when you think of Sunday special, what's the desired effect? Uh, for for me, it's a, it's a clear headedness. Uh, I, th- I find that it helps boost my creativity. Um, and I get bursts of energy uh, when I smoke it. It's, it's, it's a fun one to smoke. All right. I'm going to taste test this. Uh, tell me what I can expect. Yeah, for sure. So um, you're definitely going to notice uh, spicy. It's going to be a spicy cannabis uh, with touches of pine to it. Oh, yeah. There, there's a, a nice, like, a hint of pine, especially on the, uh, the exhale. Yeah. Yeah, it's very nice. Uh I love the spicy aspect. Uh, I just, I, I, I really just love any kind of distinct flavor taste that you get from it rather than nothing, right? Like that's where, and it's nice to be able to, um, you know, look forward to that when you're having it. And, you know, I have friends that take notes during this segment and, you know, when they go to buy there, this is what they're looking for. So I really enjoyed uh, Sunday Special. It's a sativa from uh, Riff, which is under the uh, Afria brand. We are now turning our attention to Subway Scientist and Indica. Chris Ionson is our educator, and uh, this is, uh, again, produced by uh, Riff, uh, which is under the AFRI umbrella, and they do something pretty unique, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Riff uh, has partnered up. They have a, a project called the CoLab Project, where they partnered up with uh, the Canadian arts community, and uh, they've uh, kind of allowed these artists to kind of run with their marketing. So uh, if you'll see any uh, riff marketing out there, it's very urban. It's very cool and edgy. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like a skateboard magazine when I've seen awesome. some of their stuff. Uh, it's got a great edge to it. Uh, uh, it's a really neat project, though, partnering up with those artists. Yeah, that's a, it's a really cool way to promote and, and market their brand almost uh, – not not really organically because you are you know you're contracting this out, but it's just a different way than a billboard or a commercial or, and and there obviously is restrictions on what you can do. So I like that I like that idea and I like that creativity that they came up with that and that leads to more creativity in promoting their brand. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the history behind Subway Scientist. What do you got? Yeah, so Subway Scientist, uh, the actual strain is is Granddaddy Purps, uh, and that's a cross with uh, Purple Urkel and Big Bud. Purple Urkel as in, uh, what was the... What? Steve Urkel? Steve Urkel. Yeah. yeah. Family Matters, I think, right? Yeah. Did I do that? Did I do that? <laughs> yeah. uh, it is uh, Purple Urkel, Big Bud, and invented by a legend. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the medicine man, Ken Estes, uh, in 2003. That's another cool nickname. <laughs> yeah. For sure, and and I, I believe that the, the name too would have to do with uh, with him, the Granddaddy Perps. Yeah, I think he's a bit of a, a scientist when it comes to uh, uh, cannabis strains. That's awesome. Uh, I love the fact that uh, there is uh, so much history to these. And uh, you know, when we look at the THC and the CBD, what are we looking at this? And how would you classify Subway Scientist? For sure. So the batch of Subway Scientists we have today is nineteen point seven five percent THC. And uh, 0.14% CBD. Um, I would classify this as a, as a high-range THC uh, for sure. Um, I've seen it come in as high as 23%. Uh, and it's, so it's certainly not a starter strain. 
No, that's right. Uh, you're not, you're not going to want to get started on this, but uh, it is definitely uh, a deep and heavy indica, though, so uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rock in the, in the evening time there. And, and yeah, so even if you're an experienced cannabis user, you should be prepared that this is going to mellow you out quite a bit and, and relax you. Um, but if you are new to cannabis, this is probably not one that you want to start with and say, it's my first experience. I think you should, you know, the, the start low and go slow. That would not be uh, jumping right into a subway scientist if you're beginner, uh, brand new to, to cannabis. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's not the best option there. You might uh, find yourself getting a little bit uh, too high in the head and that's getting right. that anxiety and that paranoia. So yeah, you want to start with something a little bit lighter than this, but uh, by all means, if you have experience, this is a great uh, end of the day uh, relaxation, and we'll get into that. Um, the the names um, that. You know, maybe they look and say, I'm, I'm working with uh, Ken Estes, and he's kind of a scientist, but the, the names uh, come from some of the artist work. Yeah, that's right. I think, I think Riff, uh, a lot of the names have just come from uh, uh, what they feel that that cannabis, uh, you know, uh, expresses. Uh, and a lot of it's just a, kind of a fun name, too. Like, I don't think uh, smoking Granddaddy Perps is going to make me feel like a subway scientist. Uh, right. But it, it, it actually does go really well with their marketing uh, how they've kind of laid it out in, in all their pamphlets and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. When we talk about subway scientists and the terpenes involved, uh, what are we seeing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the main uh, terpene, uh, karyophyllene. Uh, so that's the black pepper taste. Uh, myrcene, which is cloves. And limonene, which is uh, citrus. All right, I'm getting the uh, silver surfer warmed up here for this one. Uh, desired effect. Uh, what do you feel uh, when, when, with this one? Is, uh, is this a, a go-getter or is this a, a relaxer? Uh, this is a big, big-time relaxer. Uh, it's great on the body. Uh, I like uh, smoking Granddaddy Perps after a long day of work uh, where you know I just want to hit my couch and relax. Uh, I find that it just does a lot of... Uh, Real nice kind of mellowed, uh, mellowed effects to, to my body. All right. So a, a good one after a busy day, which uh, today is. So uh, maybe I'll uh, save a little bit of this uh, for later today. And uh, as I do this taste test, what should somebody expect with uh, Subway Scientist? Uh, it's going to be uh, earthy and floral. Those are kind of the two main tastes you'll notice there. Um, there was, should be like a light touch of kind of grape berry, a little zest of that nice flavoring there. Ah, uh, that's really, uh, it's really uh, uplifting. That just the taste of it, like it's, it, it feels, it tastes really happy. If that makes <laughs> any kind of sense. Yeah. But it does feel very berryish. Like, uh, you know, like I think fresh berries, uh, they're they're tasty, and you kind of get that uh, um, little bit at the end. I think uh, so. I, I really enjoyed that. I don't know if you can taste happiness, but. It felt very fresh, though. If yeah. that's maybe that's a word to use. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the the Granddaddy Perps. It's uh, it, it's in my top five indica strains that uh, my for my go tos. Yeah, I like the floral on undertones for sure. I like the uh, again not uh, overly uh, powering overpowering the rest of it, but just kind of slightly in there. So flowers, berries that makes everybody happy. It tastes happy, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure it does. All right, Chris, thanks so much for coming out for another episode of What's That Strain? I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks because I think we got some dynamite ones lined up and I'll be enjoying these uh, for the next little while. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dean. Time now for Tools of the Trade. Is, Is this, this a dream? dream? 
the latest and greatest in cannabis accessories. So this episode, I thought on tools of the trade, we, you know, we've talked about different kinds of bongs that are out there. I think we've done different kinds of joints and things like that. So today I was thinking, how about some uh, do-it-yourself devices? I think uh, there's some cool ideas out there. And, you know, I have one that, that I tried many years ago. Uh, when I uh, actually uh, didn't have anything to use and a friend showed us it and I'll share it with you. Uh, now, I, I should stress, you should go buy a, a good apparatus, whether it's a pipe, a bong, or good rolling device if you can't roll. Uh, this is only last resort and eh, maybe some party tricks as well. So one of them, first of all, a banana pipe or an apple pipe. I'll get to an apple in a different uh, situation, but the banana pipe is cool, and this is kind of a neat, if you can uh, perfect it, you could pull this out at parties and uh, people think it's pretty cool. So just go out and Google it, but the banana pipe is uh, not terribly difficult to do. Um, and it's, uh, you know, rather than me explaining to you, there's lots of videos out there that are like that. There's the water bottle bong, uh, pretty simple. You just have a, a plastic water bottle, poke a hole in the uh, top, and uh, you, know, you basically use that. You've you got to create a bowl on top. Um, but it's, uh, you know, fill it up with a little bit of water and becomes a water bong. Uh, the dab apple. Uh, I don't, I don't do a lot of dabbing. I've never dabbed before other than, uh, in sports when it was popular. Uh, but there's something called the dab apple, the wiffle ball bat steamroller. This is pretty cool. Uh, you basically, uh, heat up the plastic of a wiffle ball bat, uh, at the end, the, the fat end and, uh, create your, that's what you're going to inhale from. And then you do a smaller hole near the grip. That's where you put in your uh, joint. And uh, basically, it uh, you, you inhale your joint that way. So that's also good for parties in the backyard or something. The juice box bubbler. So you're going to have to need, uh, you know, a stem and a bowl. and But you use the straw to uh, inhale from. And you leave some of the juice in there because it uh, apparently adds to the flavor. And then there was, for me, it was the two-liter water bong. Water bong, yeah. It was a two-liter pop bottle that we took, and we cut the top off, so uh, you, you had the uh, the opening, and then it widens to uh, to the fat part. So we went down just what past where it widens to the fat part. You get you don't really need the bottom uh, unless you wanted to recycle it. You get a pot of water, and you put say I don't know half to three quarters of the water. Then you get tin foil, and again I don't recommend this unless it's a last resort. Uh, you poke some holes in the tin foil. You put your cannabis on top of the tinfoil and you kind of uh, create a little bowl in there that it can sit in. And so you take the two liter pop bottle, put it into the water all the way down to the bottom of the pot, light it and slowly lift the pop bottle so it fills up with smoke. When Don't take it all the way out because you'll lose the smoke. Carefully take the tinfoil off and inhale as you're pushing the two liter bottle back down. This was like 1994, 95, 1994 when I was living in Calgary and a friend of a friend uh, showed me this. Uh, Shoehorn, I think was her uh, nickname. But anyway, she showed me uh, this thing and it was really cool. And I was like, wow, we just made a water bong at home. Um, I, I've only tried it a couple other times just because we didn't have anything to use. But uh, that's a, a little bit of tools of the trade as we talk about uh, do-it-yourself devices. Uh, as mentioned, you can always uh, chime in with us on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 
We're on Instagram at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. Join our Facebook page, the Cannabis 101 Podcast, and you can email us, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and check out our website, Cannabis101Podcast.ca, and chime in with some of your do-it-yourself devices. Bud, dope, flower, ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, we'll wrap the show up now with our weed word of the day. And this is just a slang that's out there and I've heard over the years or uh, looked up on the internet. Today we're talking about size and descriptors for the amounts uh, when you're out there. If you're new to cannabis, uh, maybe this is, uh, you've heard some of these uh, phrases before. And if you uh, aren't, you probably uh, have heard them, but maybe there's some that you, there's always uh, surprises for me. I've uh, experienced with cannabis since I was 15 years old. Uh, so that's uh, over almost 30 years now. And uh, there's stuff that I'm learning every day when it comes to this wonderful plant. So anyway, when it comes to sizes and descriptors, uh, there's uh, the term zone and zip uh, for the uh, ounce. When you're buying it by the ounce, uh, most people think zip is after Ziploc bags that uh, weed used to come in uh, or but maybe in some cases still does. A gram uh, has been called a dime bag. Uh, there was that uh, famous scene in uh, Half Baked with uh, Willie Nelson talking about a dime bag and uh, you know how much condoms cost? I don't know. We didn't use them. So anyway, that's uh, a gram. Uh, three and a half grams is an eighth. Seven grams is a quarter. Eighth of an ounce, quarter of an ounce, and 28 grams is an ounce. So there's the 20 bag term, which is 20 bucks worth of weed. It's about two grams or so. You know, before I really was uh, more knowledgeable in uh, cannabis, I used to just say to my friend who would get it from his dealer, give me 50 bucks worth. <laughs> so I didn't really know about uh, d- d- uh, sizes and amounts. And I just give me 50 bucks worth. Uh, there's a 40 bag, which is basically double what the 20 bag is. A can. This is interesting. In the 50s and the 60s in Chicago, people would bring their empty tobacco cans and get an ounce of marijuana filled into it. So they'd go buy a can of ounce. And same thing with Matchbox in the 1940s. Referred to the amount of me weed uh, you could stuff in a Matchbox. Be like, uh, give me a Matchbox of weed. You go home with however much you can do. So some interesting weed words out there, and we'll obviously uh, cover a lot more as we roll along. Well, it's time to roll out of here and roll up a joint and uh, celebrate another episode of the Cannabis 101 podcast. This has been episode four on Wednesday, June 19th. We heard from Riley Cote, former Philadelphia Flyer. Uh, He played in the NHL. He's coached in the AHL. He's a a cannabis user and an advocate of the plant. You can check out his uh, Twitter handle at Riley Coyote. That's R-I-L-E-E Coyote. Athletes for Care, and Body Check Wellness. Uh, He's got some wonderful stuff going on. We also heard, of course, from Chris Ionson, our educator on What's That Strain. We talked about Sunday Special and Subway Scientist today uh, from Riff. And, of course, if you're ever looking, make sure you check ahead for specific strains wherever you buy your cannabis. And David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com joined us this week in Cannabis News. Have yourself a wonderful weekend coming up. We will talk to you again next Wednesday. Wednesday, 
And remember, this has been the Cannabis 101 podcast, where it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Have a great week, everybody. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Thank mm-hmm. you.